Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Hello, and welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. My name is Josh Sweeney. And I'm Taylor Barnes. And today, Josh, we're going to talk about some technology, what it will and what it will not do for you. And buddy, I know this is a wheelhouse for you. You've helped a lot of clients in this regard. So really quick, in terms of what technology will and will do, what it will and will not do for you, uh, you know, we've all heard of CRM, we've all heard of prospecting tools and, and things like that. Can you give us your best thoughts as being a subject matter expert in this space? Uh, and maybe begin with CRM. What, what does that kind of a tool do for you? And what does it not do for you? Yeah, so I'll start off with what it doesn't do for you. Uh, when you look at a lot of these, any of these tools, CRM, whatever it might be from a sales perspective, sales tools, it doesn't solve people problems. <laughs> uh, if you're, you're, it's not going to totally, you know, change the way that they do prospecting or the way that they do selling, right? It's not going to solve that problem. Uh, it's also not going to solve process problems. Mm. So those people and process problems need to be restructured uh, before you implement a tool or, you know, be part of the plan to implement the tool and the change management. Got uh, it. Got it. That's interesting, John. Let me po- let me poke on that for a second, because I know a lot of organizations out there that that say, OK, well, we need an improvement in process. We better install a CRM or we better install a a piece of software that helps us in this regard. So are you saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's it's critical for organizations to nail down their their process, their standard operating procedures, ideally prior to like a technology like this going into place? Yeah, I like to do change management before technology. So mm. if you need to revamp something, if you need to change how your people do things, the, the processes, or if you don't have those written processes in place, then it's really difficult to develop a CRM to reinforce what isn't there. Mm, that makes sense. Now that you're saying it, it makes perfect sense because at the end of the day, you want to layer a technology on it and not have to recreate the wheel. You want the technology to support what you've already built. You don't want that. You don't want the technology to be to be solving or, or attempting to solve and recreate the wheel that that you've already potentially built. So that makes a lot of sense. So you said that it, it doesn't solve people problems. Um, it doesn't solve process problems. What does it solve? What does it solve? It can solve a lot of efficiency problems or efficiency challenges. It can unify uh, what people are doing in a certain way. Um, it can help them have everything in a – I think the unified database solves a mm. number of different problems. So for and example – Let's talk about that. Okay. What is a unified database? <laughs> so a unified database – uh, let me give you some perspective. Let's say you don't have CRM or a scenario. You don't have CRM. Everybody's managing all of their data a different way. They have different fields. They have different lists of contacts and companies they're going after. The business has no insight. So there's no unifying theme to make sure and check in and make sure that they are selling to the right people, uh, that those people are being targeted with the right messaging. Uh, all of that is very dispersed when you don't have a CRM system. So when you combine everybody into a CRM system, the benefit is this overarching view and this ability to unify how people are doing their sales activities. Mm. I wonder how many organizations out there, I mean, when, when we deal with clients, I'm sure you're the same way. Most of the people say, yeah, we got one. Yeah, we got one. I, I've known organizations <laughs> um, that, you know, that, that have tens and millions of dollars worth of, you know, annual revenues that just don't have one. And maybe it's because they're just, 
kind of worried about maybe what they're going to have to uncover about themselves to, to figure out if they're even eligible for something like that. But it sounds like it's a tremendous organizational tool. Um, it sounds like it's a, you know, just a tremendous way of, you know, getting all your customers and your databases and your, you know, maybe your op- opportunities and your pipelines all unified in one. So that makes a lot of sense to me. What outside of CRM, give me some other ideas. What other what other types of tools uh, are, are traditionally out there and, and what do those tools do and not do for you? Sure. So in the sales space, there's CRM tools and there's prospecting tools. So you have things like sales loft cadence. Uh, you have HubSpot sequences mm-hmm. uh, for prospecting. That's the outbound activities. You have CPQ tools, which is click price quotes or quoting tools and add-ons. Um, you know, they run the gamut. If you look through the, the customer journey and what they what a customer goes through and what a sales rep has to provide, there's just about a tool for everything. Um, there's mm-hmm. tools that monitor. There's BI tools. So that's all reporting. Uh, So you got like Tableau and things like that, where they're going to report on what's going on in the environment. Those are operational tools. Um, So yeah, they run the gamut. And what we like to do is instead of just kind of throwing out, like you said, everybody has a tool, but what is the problem you're really looking to solve? And that's why CRM is so hard. You know, I just gave you a really broad brush of what a CRM is and how it aligns people operationally. But to implement it properly, you have to solve a problem. So what is that problem and does it solve it or do you get off track during implementing it? Right, right. I can imagine that there's 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 tons of legwork to do prior to that going on. And I think you explained that pretty well. So in some terms of prospecting tools, I mean, you know, I, I look at a lot of organizations out there that have got, you know, gosh, so many KPIs when it comes to how many outbound calls, how many emails, how many meetings they said, yada, yada. Give me the idea, like, like what kind of what kind of problem does, you know, for an organization that's got so many different outbound or outreach uh, uh, channels, what, what is something like a like a technology, like like a sales loft or a HubSpot? What does that solve for them? So it solves a lot of automation and reporting. So I'll give you a scenario. If I am a BDR and I have no tool, right? I dropped into this new company, doesn't have any sales tools. Everything I do is going to be manual. So let's say I want to send out a five email or a three email sequence. So it's going to be a, I'm going to send them an email with some documentation or some sort of collateral. I'm going to send them a follow up to that. And then I'm going to send them a third one. Maybe it's a breakup email, right? So there's three emails, something as simple as three emails. What do I have to do with no tools? I have to go create templates. I have to go find those templates. Maybe I'm copying and pasting them from this Word document that has our templates, which I see a lot. Yeah. And because uh, I don't have a tool that handles my templates in, in my email or I wasn't trained on the one we have. Uh, so I'm doing a lot of copy and pasting. And then I send out 150 emails for that first email. But now where do I have the list? Well, I don't have a tool that holds the list. So maybe I'm working off of Excel and I have to keep up and mark that I sent the first email. And then I have to wait a few days. Well, then somebody responds to one of those emails. Well, how do I go back to that Excel list and take them out of the sequence of you know those three emails because they responded? I have to manually do that. So a lot of this is very manual work. I won't keep mm-hmm. belaboring the point of all the different manual steps that go into doing something like that and that we see every day. When you get a sales off cadence or when you use HubSpot sequences, it automates a lot of that for you. And what, what they look at is it's called semi, it's semi-automated. Okay. There's still human involvement. It's still coming from a person. But if you're using, let's say, HubSpot sequences, it will automatically send all three of those. It'll wait certain periods between those days of sending. 
And if somebody responds, it actually automatically removes them Got so it. that you can respond as a rep. Yeah, well, that's the volume huge. of your work just skyrockets, right? Yep. So, you know, people often say, well, we already have something that does email. It's like, well, if you're not doing that, right, if you're not doing outbound prospecting to that level, then it's apples and oranges. Yeah, I, I like what you said there. So, in, in fact, it almost sounds like that you could consider Salesloft a pretty good prospecting discipline tool if you've got, you know, uh, if you've got what you said earlier, that example that you said there's three emails that need to go out. So that's the cadence. And for those out there that understand what we're saying, just to make sure, three emails might have a who, what, and where. And if we're trying to give you the who, what, and where, and then we say, okay, I need to give them that information in a 10-day period. So if I'm going to say who on day one, what on day five, and why on day nine or whatever I just said, I can't even remember. Uh, <laughs> point, point being, this really gives you the discipline to do that, to follow up accordingly. And it, and it takes less of the manual approach of setting things like calendar reminders in your calendar. Oh, I got to remember in five days from now, I got to send a second one. Oh, I got to remember in nine days from now, send a second one. It just sounds like it's a, it's a good prospecting disciplinary tool that keeps you on track of your cadences over a specific start date and end date to give you the best chance of gaining some attention uh, by keeping your finger on the pulse a little more controlled. Yeah, definitely. Because what we see oftentimes is a company goes and purchases this huge list, right? And then they do some sort of marketing outbound blast Mm. and then they don't do anything with it after that, right? A certain percentage of people respond and, and maybe you get some deals from it and then it's never used again. They buy another list later. And any sales process will show you that if, if a human actually reaches out and works that list and does five touch points in five days, all of a sudden the response rate from that same list goes up multiple times. Yeah. Right. Yep. So it's a matter of are you using that data? What is the process? Or as you said, a discipline tool. Um, you'll also see where people said, oh, yeah, I followed up with them. Right. I don't know. How many times have you had a rep that said they did something that they didn't? Right? Oh, yeah, I, I, I did all seven <laughs> follow-ups. Like, yeah. I've never heard that one. Yeah, um, right. yeah I've, I've done all seven follow-ups. Well, I just went in our, our system and none of them were completed. Or I went in our yeah. CRM or our, our prospecting tool and, and you actually did three. You know, it's hard to do that. You bring up a really good point without, there. You br- yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, Josh. <laughs> you bring up a really, really good point there. Not only is it a uh, good disciplinary tool for the individual, but it's also something that they can report on and, and quite frankly, something that others can manage to. So if we're trying to, you know, I, I don't mean this to sound negative by any stretch, but if you've got a young, you know, very green employee that needs to be held to a certain standard to make sure that they get ramped up as soon as possible, it sounds like there's some management elements to a tool like that that shows the manager, hey, here's how much activity he's generating. Here's his click to rate. It's click opens, things like that. So it also, depending on the type of tool, gives managers the ability to view into some activity and some, some, I guess, click to opens and things like that. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. And even more, maybe more importantly, you know, it gives that person the tool to know what's working. So, you know, I can send out one sequence with certain subjects and another one with certain subjects and it's subject lines in an email. And it's going to tell me which one performed better, which which one got mm. more opens, which one clicked, you know. So it's giving me as a sales rep immediate feedback to change how I'm doing it. And I don't even need a manager, right? I don't need right. a manager to step in where if I didn't have the tool and I was doing this manually through email and spreadsheets, 
that'd be a nightmare to get that information, right? That's it would just right. be so much data entry to get that. It, it may not even be worth it. I may, I I may like just that. go the volume route. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. It, remind, it reminds me of that parable of the guy sawing away at a tree with a dull ax. And, and then just because he's got so many cadences and said, so, well, if you find <laughs> one that works, immediately you're going to sharpen the saw. Right. And that's going to be able to cut the tree down a whole lot quicker. So I really like what you said there. Now, in terms of CPQ, tell us a little bit about that, because um, I think that's that, that's the third one that you, that you mentioned in, in, in this list. Um, and, and from what I know about it, it's pretty powerful. But what does that do for you? What does that not do for you? Tell us about CPQ. So CPQ is all about quoting. You know, It's taking that friction out of sales by getting the quotes out really quickly. So if you think about a services business, which you and I work in the most right, and work with the most, um, Oftentimes, getting a quote from somebody who knows the ins and outs of delivering that service can be very painful, right? Mm. There's all kinds of configurations. Let's say I'm an IT company, right? Well, does that switch work with that router? Uh, does that tool or software work with that computer? Whatever it is. Or maybe, mm. it, maybe it's more of a service where there's a couple different packages we can provide. So in a quoting tool, they have enough flexibility to build in certain packages and help a sales rep be able to quote without going and bothering other people. Um, so I've seen both ends of the spectrum, right? One, one thing it doesn't fix, it doesn't fix bad quoting processes. If you only have out of your 100-person company, one person that's authorized and has enough industry knowledge to create your perfect quotes every time and that you trust... Sounds like a nightmare. That's a bottleneck. It can't yes. fix that, right? That's right. You have to learn how to take that person's knowledge and get it into the quoting tool and put some bounds around it or uh, put some ranges around things that'll that'll help them help it go faster. And then it yeah. can get validated or whatever you want on the back end. Uh, so it doesn't fix bottlenecks where knowledge or somebody feels like the most knowledgeable person is the only one that quotes. That that makes a lot of sense. So I imagine that that's really big when it comes to um, you know products or services that could be SKU numbered, for instance. And you've got you know uh, our part number, and you can just basically select a part number, dump it into that template that you're talking about, and get the quote in front of the customer as soon as possible. Because anybody that's in sales understands that is a massive KPI is, is the amount of time that you can put a quote in the customer's hands and give them a chance to buy something. And it sounds like by using it, utilizing a tool like that, it would speed up that quote process, the speed to quote delivery process and potentially give you then a document or something to negotiate off of it, which obviously brings you closer to conversion. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that speed to quote, like you said, it, it collapses that whole sales cycle. You can yeah. get them out faster than your competitor, which a lot of this yeah. is in relation to who you're competing against. Right. Um, and it doesn't, it also, one of the things I like about implementing these is if it's done correctly and uh, upfront before you implement the tool, you have a chance to change the processes that you have to adapt to that tool. Mm. So if you only are going to a few people that can generate quotes, well, it makes you rethink how quoting should be done. So the exercise in implementing the tool makes you think about it differently and yeah. make you think about ways to scale it. Um, and yes, if there are SKU numbers, if you're that type of company, there are a lot of benefits there. Like we implemented mm. one years ago for heavy equipment dealers, multiple Caterpillar dealers. And it's like, we know that, you know, you can't, you can't push a certain amount of dirt with a certain bucket. And if you upgrade that bucket, you automatically have to upgrade, you know, the tractor or mm. the bulldozer or whatever it is. So they can do complex situations along those lines where if I add this service, 
uh, maybe it always has to include these other three services. So go ahead and wrap that in under. So there's right. logic that's built into these tools, again, to make you give you the ability to quote faster. And also, so sales reps don't miss something, right? How many yeah. times do you say, you know, let's say it's an IT company and they're installing switches. Well, oh, I forgot that every switch needs to come with a, a fiber channel module, whatever yeah. it is, right? Like, yeah. I just forgot to put it on there. Well, now the whole deal has gone to hell. Yep. And the customer's unhappy and the delivery's not right and you have to backtrack. Well, it solves that problem. Or That's right. Help Didn't know I needed problem. a power cable. I had no idea <laughs> right. I needed a power right. cable. It's like, not, <laughs> battery's not included. <laughs> yeah, oh, battery's wait. not included. We see that a lot in the IT space. Okay, so you gave us some really good information here. CRM, you know, uh, prospecting tools. CPQ and quoting tools. That's a really good. That's a real good information on on what it does and what it doesn't do for you. Now, you know, I, I know that a lot of people might be listening to this and say, "Well, I can't afford that. I can't afford this and that to involve, you know, a, a massive piece of software, things like that." And so there is obviously a cost to this. You know, yes. don't don't get me wrong, but if I heard you correctly, it is prime. It, it is significantly more important to get the internal process and to get the internal, I guess, flow down before you layer on technologies like that. So perhaps what we could leave our, our listeners with is here is if a CRM or a prospecting or a big quoting tool isn't in the cards for you this year, not to worry that it's super important to establish those things ahead of time. And you might be able to make a, a pretty big dent by getting those things nailed down. Yeah, I think getting those nailed down, getting the processes nailed down. Also, through doing that, you can figure out what you should purchase, right? I talked to, I've talked to so many people that are like, why can't it just do everything? Like, there's no tool that does everything well. That's like wanting a Ferrari and a truck in the same yeah, you know, exactly. system. Like, it's, yeah. it's not a, a Ferrari well, with a truck bed. What was that old show with Knight Rider? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not Knight Rider. It doesn't change the wheel size and add spikes automatically, right? Yeah. Um, so you don't, you, it doesn't work that way. Um, so what we like to look at is what is the ROI? And it really helps if you go back to the mm. problem you're trying to solve. And also, is it a problem that's going to move the needle? I don't know how many times I've had executives want some feature in a CRM that was $10,000 worth of customizations that only helped them solve a problem. And really, when you analyzed it, it saved them four hours a week or a month or you know something that was nominal where the same 10,000, there's opportunity cost, right? Could have gone into a cadence, a sales off cadence or a HubSpot sequences or an outbound tool mm. that would actually generate hundreds of thousands or millions in revenue, right? Yep. So picking the tool and knowing the problem, you know, analyzing the processes will show you what the problem is and then you can pick what you need to solve. And that's yeah. where your budget goes. Yeah, that's a really good hack, uh, especially when it comes to, like you said, because I've seen that as well. People love the bells and whistles. People love the fancy softwares and this and that. But if you're just going to have it to have it, that's not going to help you whatsoever. And when you do, and you know, because obviously everybody knows you install a piece of software, there's going to be software maintenance costs. <laughs> there's going to be upgrade costs. There's going to be development costs down the road. So you are signing up for a marriage. Not, uh, maybe it's a uh, maybe it's only a five year marriage, but it's a marriage nonetheless. And so to be to understand really, like you said, what the incremental dollars need to go 
towards that's going to make the make make the most ROI, the biggest bang for the buck as far as the company's concerned. So I thought that was that was really good. So so you heard it here, guys and girls. You know, technology, what it will and won't do for you. Josh talked really well about CRM, some prospecting tools, and some CPQ coding tools. Uh, educate yourself, learn what's going to work for you, what is not going to work for you. But most importantly, let's get those processes down accordingly ahead of time. And next week, Josh, I think we're talking about five types of sales managers. We and, are. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. See you next week. All right. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.